If you're like other marketers, you always have questions about the key moments of your marketing career. Things like how to find the right marketing role, figuring out how to best prepare to become a marketing manager, and then once you do become a manager, how do you effectively manage the various working styles on your team? Now, this episode has some key answers to those common marketing career questions, and chances are one of the questions we answer today will be relevant to where you are or where you will be in your marketing career. Hey, fellow marketers, welcome to another episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast presented by themarketinghelp.co, your number one resource for advancing and accelerating your marketing career. Quick thanks to our premier sponsor, LinkedIn Learning. If you're asking yourself, hey, what are the next marketing skills I should be focusing on? Uh, we've got your answer, and that's go to themarketinghelp.co forward slash LinkedIn Learning. We've curated all the courses you need to worry about if you're looking to upskill to advance your career. So check that out. All right, in today's episode... Listen, in the last three, four months, um, we've been getting a ton of questions from various communities that we're part of, whether it's through direct messages or emails. And we thought, why not aggregate all some of these questions together so we can help out as many marketers as we can by just answering these questions in an episode. So if you have questions, keep them coming. Best way just to send us an email, connect at themarketinghelp.co. And in this episode... Uh, Jed and I tackle a couple of these uh, questions that are coming from marketers just like you. And uh, as a bonus, we've added some select resource links in the show notes to help you address moving forward with solutions for some of the questions we cover today. So definitely check those out. So let's get right into it. Uh, let's unpack some of these marketing career FAQs. All right, TBH community, here we are, another episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast. Got a great episode for you today. A lot to cover. Joined by co-founder of the Marketing Help, Jed Singer. Jed, welcome. Hey, Eric. How are you? Awesome. So we, I think we've been dying to do this, but this is actually coming out of need because we're getting so much feedback from the content that we're putting out there from the members in our uh, membership, uh, from Reddit, from Instagram, direct messages, Twitter. We get a lot of questions. We get a lot of good questions about marketing careers, uh, what to do, here's where I'm stuck. And we just figured, hey, listen, you know, let's let's create an episode, answer some of the key uh, frequently asked questions. That way we can help more people because I'm pretty sure people listening can align with one of the questions we're going to cover today. And oh, by the way, this will not be the last time that we do this. So if you guys have any questions in addition to what you hear today, feel free to connect with us in those spaces as you connect with us or see us. Emailing us is definitely a way to do that too. We've got a lot of great emails coming through. Connect at themarketinghelp.co. Connect at themarketinghelp.co. So please keep sending us your questions. So we have a couple questions today that cover the gamut of um, looking for the marketing job, uh, about to start a marketing job, and questions from marketers that are in their job, but are finding those very similar challenges that we've talked about, but we want to help. We want to give some guidance and give some answers. So the other thing to keep in mind here as you're listening, this is going to be probably the most beneficial show notes of this podcast to date because we want to provide some of the resource links to resources we talk about in these answers and suggestions just to help you find those solutions for you. And some of those might be paid resources, but you know, We'll see what we can put in there for you. So got a couple of questions here. Um, I guess we'll just go through, 
you know, ask the questions, provide some feedback and some thoughts and, um, you know, help not just those that ask the questions, but those that have similar challenges that you're facing, give you some, some help and some direction. So what do you think, Jed, kick it off with some of these questions? Yeah, man. I mean, this, this is going to be an amazing episode. Um, I have been looking forward to this one for a while. So, uh, do you want me to just get started going down my list? Yeah. Okay. So this one is from Leah. Uh, Leah is a recent marketing graduate and she has written in, uh, I think this was a LinkedIn message after earning my certification in content marketing from HubSpot. How do I best represent that on my resume when applying to marketing jobs? Mm, yeah. So Eric, what do you think? Yeah, this is very common because we know, you know, our point of view on certifications and courses like that, very valuable. Great ways to obtain information about a, a category or a skill you want to develop. Definitely call out certifications on your resume because they're probably in your LinkedIn profile already. So you want to make sure that's congruent to your resume. Have a section for certifications on your resume. Uh, but here's the most important thing when it comes to that certification for Leah, for others that have gotten the HubSpot or the many other certifications that exist. Please be prepared to have a story about when and how you implemented what you learned in those certifications. Certifications are paper, um, but the <laughs> examples of you executing are what's going to get you hired. And yep. the biggest challenge there as we hear is always, well, I don't have any way to implement it. I'm a student or I just graduated or I don't have the, the bottom line is, Everyone has the resources to test out what you learned in those certifications. You could spin up a personal brand website, you know, in a, in a weekend, you know, there's probably a friend or family that you have family member that has a business or a website and don't know what to do with it. Never heard of HubSpot. That's a great uh, testing ground. Chambers of Commerce, I know having worked with them closely before, they're dying to have people come in and help their members figure out whatever it is that you're just certified in. So again, great opportunities to uh, execute what you learned. Other thoughts? Yeah, on that? I think that's perfect. And I mean, you know, to, to Leah, who's a recent graduate, fantastic, you know, content marketing certification, you're, you're ahead of the game. Um, you know, you're, you're in the top 10% there of, of, uh, someone who's just entering the workforce and has a really, um, industry accepted certification like that content marketing cert from HubSpot. So great work. Uh, have the stories, just, just like you said, have the stories ready. Um, definitely have that section on the resume carved out for a couple of those. Um, you know, the, the certifications are not to be done just to be done. So you don't want to have a laundry list on your resume of those certifications. Better to have a few that are about your core skill set, whatever that role is that you're applying to. If that's a content marketing role, fantastic. That certification should be front and center on your resume. Um, if you're applying for social marketing roles or search engine optimization roles, then content marketing is a complementary skill, right? From our, from our T-shaped uh, marketing skill framework. So then you've got your, your content marketing certification that's complementary to the role that you're applying to. Fantastic. Um, so 
you're, you're on the right track. And to all the other Leah's who, who love getting those certifications, um, they're great and showcase them on your resume, showcase them on, on your LinkedIn profile, but exactly right. You know, ha- have those stories ready because you're going to get asked about them in the interview. Exactly. What else we got? Uh, let's see here. So Gabe, who's a graphic designer, this looks like it was an email, um, how to transfer my current skills to a job in marketing without having to go back to college to get a degree or certification that makes quote, makes more sense for the field. So Gabe's a graphic designer. He's looking to get more into marketing, um, maybe as, as a marketing associate, uh, working, working up toward marketing manager, um, you know, diversifying skills a little bit. looks like he's, he's looking for a little bit of direction and maybe not wanting to take the plunge back into academia. Yeah. And the good news is for Gabe and others in the same situation, there is no need to go back and get a marketing degree. If you have a skill, a, a basic foundational set of skills that are transferable, Gabe will qualify in what we call a new marketer, uh, in that, you know, looking to, to transfer skills that he has into a marketing context. Now, when I hear graphic designer, and I've worked with a couple um, of our members, mentees, and clients that that have done this, find the transferable skill. Because when I hear graphic designer, that tells me that Gabe's competent in creating content. And maybe find the transferable digital marketing skill set for that. So if he likes to create content, that could lead to creating content for social media that could lead to a social media role. So, you know, the other end of this or the question back could just be clarifying on what interest does he have in marketing, but I would recommend find the transferable skill for that lateral move into marketing uh, and try to connect the dots between what it is that you're competent in and confident in, in your current skill set, and draw the lines that connect you to where that is applicable in, you know, I hear this all the time from, um, you know, if it isn't graphic designer, it's a, it's a writer, right? Someone who is an English major, they want to get into marketing. Well, copywriting content marketing, you know, very transferable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it, you know, when I hear new marketer and we, and we've met these folks too, it's, I'm an accountant. I hate, I hate my job. Uh, they're good on social media personally, but they want to turn that into a career. Same thing applies find the transferable skill. If you're an accountant, you're probably like numbers, but you don't want to do numbers bean counting, but you probably could be a digital marketing analyst. Uh, if you're comfortable with spreadsheets, that's a key transferable skill. Um, mm-hmm. The last thing I'll say about new marketers and getting into marketing is following the, the, the learning pattern that we talk about, watch, do, and teach. Watch some videos on, on digital marketing, the landscape, watch some videos on that skill that you're interested in. Um, do the certification, do the project, uh, do something tied to that, and then teach it. Teach it meaning, you know, Gabe, after he learns how to turn his graphic design skills into being able to create stuff in Canva that can be used in social media, well, go do that on uh, a friend's site, you know, very similar to the, the, the previous mm-hmm. question. Uh, that's how you're going to be able to transfer without, without having to go back. It pains me when I hear people want to, 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 to t- tack on three, four more years of academia. Now it may make sense in certain cases, but if it's something as acute as this, it's very simple to transition in, into a marketing position. 
Yeah. That's, that's awesome advice. Um, and you know, we have a lot of really great partners who are in higher education or in continuing education. And those are great opportunities to, uh, round out that skill set. Um, now going back and, and going, you know, in air quotes, back to college, back to, back to school to get a whole nother degree right. is unnecessary, right? We, you know, we're all aware of, of, um, what some of the drawbacks are with higher education, particularly the first time around, much less the second time around. So, um, Gabe doesn't really say here in this note, uh, it's a short note. He doesn't say whether he, I, I get the feeling he's, he's a freelancer as I'm reading this, but he doesn't say whether he's um, somewhere uh, working as a graphic designer or if he's a freelancer. Um, graphic design is one of those great flexible skills like copywriting where you can do it as a marketer, or you could do it uh, outside of marketing. Mm-hmm. And if Gabe, you're, you're a graphic designer doing something that's not marketing related, yeah, you've got all those great transferable skills and you don't need to go back to school. Uh, consider maybe a couple of online courses that are complementary in skill set, right? Like a content marketing degree or something like that. So you can understand how the assets you're making are going to support marketing. And, you know, I would say look for roles on the agency side. Because the agency side, you're going to get exposed to a lot of different types of clients. You're going to have a lot of people you're working with, different account teams. You might be a shared resource across account teams. You're going to get a lot of exposure that's going to help you build not only the complementary skills that you need to be successful in marketing because you've got the core skills of graphic design, but also the collaborate skills, right? The top of the T that goes horizontally over your core and complement skills. Your collaborate skills are how you're going to be an effective marketer going forward, how you're going to move up the chain, right? To a, to a management level or, or creative director level at some point, you need to understand how to collaborate within a marketing team and an agency can, can give you a lot of really great exposure in a short amount of time. So that I, I would agree hundred percent that you don't need some sort of additional formal education. You need to put yourself out there and get involved and even particularly maybe on the agency side. Right. Cause graphic designer in that case has some currency when transitioning into an agency environment because they probably would respect, you know, the, the, the base level of those skills. And agencies need a lot of them. Yeah. Right. You're the, you're one of the money makers, right. Uh, On the agency side. That's right. All right. What else we got? Yep. Okay. So uh, another question that is um, job, job search related or career progression related. Um, This one's from Alex. Uh, She does mention that she's at an agency. Uh, I'm currently a social media coordinator at an agency. I love where I work. I want to progress to management in the next two years specific. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, Is it better to specialize in one marketing channel or try to be a jack of all trades in marketing if I want to be a manager in the next two years? Yeah. Two things about this question uh, that stand out to me. One is I love to hear when people say they love where they work. Um, Isn't that what we all want? And Mm -hmm. and it may just be recent that Alex has started in her role, but uh, hey, it's great that she's found a fit. That's great. Uh, It's great that she wants to stay and grow with that agency. Uh, The second thing is when I hear jack of all trades tied to any marketing position, it kind of makes me shudder a little bit where Swiss army knife. Well, Swiss army knife. Yes. But not to strictly rely on that as your, your uh, you know, your one and only market type, so to speak, 
be open to being flexible. Uh, so my answer to Alex directly would be, um, I would start specializing and then I would build a plan to build out on your T-shaped skills. So again, wants to be there, but step one, when it comes to you like where you work, you want to stay and grow in that position with that company, start having that conversation with your manager, make it very clear what you're looking to do, ask for feedback, ask for questions. Trust me, the managing up of making sure your manager has your best interests in mind when it comes to development. Alex, did your manager know that you want to be a manager in two years? If not, get on the table, build a plan. Chances mm -hmm. are there's a budget there that your manager has that says, oh, thanks for asking, what course do you want to take? And there you have it. You have a, you have a path determined that, that helps you be considered, because there's no guarantee, helps you be considered for a management position or be a manager, which could be defined as taking on more responsibilities in whatever timeline you agree with with your manager. So specialize. If you're social media, that's great. You just started. There's so much more you can learn. So step one of, of your development plan could be go deeper in social media. Do you know how to do paid social? Do you know how to do strategy? Mm -hmm. um, you know, focus on going deeper in social media and then start to pattern out for some horizontal skills. Uh, what's what's complementary to social media? Is it content marketing? Uh, listen, you said management, which is something you want to do. Don't forget about those collaboration skills. So maybe there's a... a uh, a client management course you could be taking presentation skills could be something you chip away at. Now it's not going to happen overnight. So I think being realistic to, to, to work with your manager to say, Hey, maybe every six months I focus on developing a new skill every month, every quarter, whatever it is. So that look at that in the next 18 to 24 months, look at all the development that has happened just because a, you spoke up about it. B uh, you, you involved your manager in helping to build that path, just doing that alone is going to get recognition. So I think that would be a, a pattern I would take for, for Alex is go deeper in that specialty first, then make it known, work on a path to build out those horizontal skills. Awesome answer, Eric. Yeah, that, that is great advice for Alex. And the only other thing I would add for all the other Alexes out there in that agency role who uh, are in a channel or have a core skill set that they're developing, but are worried about doing too much outside of their responsibilities, becoming that jack of all trades. The jack of all trades, and Eric, your thoughts on this? You've been, you know, you've had m much more agency experience than I have. Um, the jack of all trades role, right? In our archetypes, what we would call the Swiss Army knife, that's able to do a lot. Uh, really competent at things like project management, channel management, but doesn't have a ton of channel expertise. Those roles in an agency setting, really you'll, you'll gravitate toward account management a lot of times. The account manager or account supervisor, that path um, needs to understand a lot of different channels and how they come together and be fluent in those things with a client. So if you're looking to stay on the agency side, um, you can you can get into that kind of account management track even if you're starting in a channel uh, or in a in a core discipline. Um, there are there are other areas like 
project management or digital program management at an agency where you can be that Swiss army knife, Jack of, or Jill of all trades and be really successful and have a career path like that. But traditionally um, on the agency side, you're going to be successful by specializing. And that's how you start to rack up career currency and career moments by having these, wow, you know, Alex just delivered that amazing uh, project or deliverable to that client. Did every, did you see that? Let's model that for the next client by being really good in your core channel or your core discipline. That's where you start to get those career moments that allow you to move up the ladder on the agency side when you're not talking about account management or you're not talking about program management, project management. Is that, would you agree with that, Eric? I think there's a Swiss army knife. Like you're saying two things to clarify, Jack of all trades, master of none tells me that I know just enough to be dangerous but I'm not a specialist. And that works if you're looking to be an account executive where you want to know how the sausage is made and be able to explain it, but you're not going to be running campaigns and paid search anytime soon. Uh, where the Swiss Army Knife, you know, could also, you know, again, applies meaning that you can do and speak to multiple things to a point where you're competent, sure. And I think that works at an at a account level, but also in a specialist level where there are some that will eventually be, and, and Alex, you're on that path if you follow that development plan where you'll be able to have that, that true T-shape, but can step into roles that might be more general, like a digital marketing coordinator, digital marketing specialist, where you do SEO, email, paid search, and social media. Again, those roles I, I caution on because you know sometimes they're great fits. Sometimes the hiring managers and companies are, are delusional. Uh, they never pay as much as they should. And then they, they right, exactly. They want to pay um, a salary that isn't uh, acknowledging the, the skills that go into all those different channels. So anyway, agree, yes. Um, Alex, keep us posted on how things go. And the only other thing that I would say about Alex's question here, and it's kind of um, implicit, you know, I'm, I'm reading into it a little bit. You know, she mentions being a manager, being a manager in the next two years, really specific. And I would challenge Alex or, or others that are asking themselves or, or putting this kind of expectation on themselves of a certain title in a certain number of years. I would challenge that a little bit and say, what is it about being a manager that you really want? Mm -hmm. um, we had such a great episode with Jack from Okta, uh, you know, a little while ago about being an independent contributor mm -hmm. on a team. And do, do you want management responsibilities? And we, when we talk about management responsibilities, we're talking about people. Do, do you want people in direct reports because you think it's going to lead to higher comp or you think that's just the necessary progression for you, or you just want the title? Um, none of those are necessarily reasons on their own. And, you know, would encourage a little bit of introspection. We've got free resources in the TMH library around career management. Particularly, I would recommend going through the career factors workbook. Um, and you, you can prioritize what matters to you. And is the manager title something that's, you know, your, your number one or number two factor in, in your career? Um, the other thing is that the time constraint that you're putting on yourself, Alex, is two years, you know, I would challenge that too. There's nothing to say that if you are, are you know, cashing in a lot of career currency or if you have a couple of career moments, you couldn't do that faster. 
or there's nothing to say that that can't be three years. Um, you really shouldn't try to jump at something uh, with an arbitrary time, a lot, you know, on on it. You want you want your career to uh, present the opportunities that make the most sense for you, and and to progress at, at the rate that you want it to, not just because you've set some arbitrary. I need to have this title in this number of years. Um, that's that's just not how careers work. You can work toward a target, and that's fantastic. But um, you know, do, do you need that really in two years? Is is there something that's motivating you to make that decision about two years, or uh, could you be a little easier on yourself and, and wait for the right opportunity later? Yeah, good points. Good points on being super clear about what you want. Uh, but but great next steps for Alex. Both um, be vocal about what you want. Uh, establish a plan with your with your uh, manager, and uh, listen. Things may change in a year, but good stuff. And we mentioned a couple of times um, some different things in in the uh, career the marketing career management platform, uh, the TMH Plus platform, and and the free side of it. So for any of you that are out there with similar questions, sign up for a free account, themarketinghelp.co/signup. Check out what's in the library. There's a lot of career management tools there. You'll also get a, a sneak peek at what's behind the TMH Plus wall. You know, hundreds of different tools and templates that help with career management and all these other career management skills, like managing agencies, managing budgets, managing vendors. Check those out. You know, we also offer career mentorship if if you want more personalized, you know, one-on-one -on -one support with the different career. Uh, milestones that you're looking to achieve. So there's other ways that that we can help. Um, we're just trying to give you sort of all the all the options that are in front of you. And we mentioned market types too when we were talking about uh, the Swiss Army knife or the the Jack or Jill of all trades. Um, we've got a great guide that outlines all six of the market types, um, which are really the six working styles of successful marketers. Definitely go check out that guide. It's totally free. It's at themarketinghelp.co slash market types, spelled just like you would think it would be spelled. Um, and you can get that, that guide and learn all about strengths, weaknesses, identify your own market type and understand how to sort of skill build to change your market type or, or uh, get to the next step in your career now that you know what your market type is. All right, so good stuff. We'll... Make sure we put those links if you're unable to get there now. Put those links in the show notes so you can check those out when you're ready. Uh, so we got a couple more questions coming, but let's take a quick break here and we will be right back. Now, this episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast is sponsored by Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Now, as marketers, we know that knowledge is power when it comes to finding ways to, to grow your business. And every marketer has their favorite tool to get that intelligence, to get the insight, but it often comes with that hefty... Uh, or confusing pricing model. Now, if you're a marketer, you've heard of the tool, the SEO tool, Ahrefs, right? But you, did you know that they now offer access to their main site research products for free? All you need to do is go to ahrefs.com slash AWT, and you can access all the power of their site audit and site explorer tools for nothing, for free. So uh, there's even a great walkthrough video when you get there. I'll walk you through and tell you how to get started in, in minutes. Now, Listen, this tool goes way beyond what you can get in Google Search Console, and you're unlocking insights for your site that will help you be successful, be more competitive. And listen, the Ahrefs Webmaster Tools aren't just for the SEO team, right? So the content marketing team are going to use this tool to find the right trending topics, key terms, understand how to drive more traffic of the right traffic to your web content, 
Social media teams can identify which content is actually getting the most earned media and engagement. So, hey, the marketing manager, right? It's time to empower your teams. Let them start making more strategic decisions with Ahrefs for free. And remember, listen, Ahrefs, you don't have to be an SEO pro to rank higher and get more of the right traffic. So get started right now at ahrefs.com forward slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Now let's get back to the episode. Then we're back here, Marketing Careers Podcast, talking about kind of opening up a, a frequently frequently asked question mailbag here from our, our audience, our listeners, our members. And got a couple more questions here, questions here focusing on advancing, managing a marketing career. So Jed, let me throw some of these questions at you. Tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have Stephanie here, works in-house at a marketing team. This might have been a Reddit uh, message that came through. And here's what Stephanie says. I'm struggling to connect with my manager. They keep canceling my one-on-ones and I'm feeling like it's starting to have a negative impact on my ability to get ahead. How can I reestablish my connection with her? So clearly Stephanie's got a managing up situation here. Hmm. What's your advice for her? This is such a great question um, because when we talk with marketers, right, in our own our own, you know, 40 plus years of experience in marketing. And when we talk with all of these marketers over the last 10 years, managing up your relationship with your manager is the number one thing that will enable you to accelerate your career and take the next step, take on more responsibility, get promoted, get a raise, uh, get to whatever the next level is, manager, director, VP. It's your relationship with your direct manager. So this is the right question to be asking, Stephanie. And and if you start to get the feeling that your relationship with your direct manager is on the rocks, number of things that you can be doing. Um, first, first is to try to understand why that might be the case, right? There are a whole host of reasons why uh, a marketing manager, people manager might be canceling one-on-ones. It might be a super busy time. There might be some seasonality to the business and there might be some huge projects or initiatives uh, at a higher level that have been dropped on your manager's plate. And that could be a, a really reasonable uh, uh, explanation for why she has started to maybe cancel a couple of one-on-ones um, or let you know last minute that she's unable to meet. Those are not red flags. Um, now, if this is a turning into a trend and it's been months of this without much of an explanation, then that is more that is more of a red flag. So you want to find whatever the next opportunity is to have that open conversation with your manager and say, hey, you know, I, I remember we were meeting pretty frequently, whether it was weekly or biweekly or monthly, and I really enjoyed those one-on-ones that we were having. It gave me an opportunity to sort of vent a little bit or talk to you about what I was seeing within the team or ask questions about how I can prioritize a little bit better or even you know where my career trajectory is within the company. Um, I really value those conversations. I hope we can get back to having those with a little more frequency. A transparent conversation like that should turn things around right away, right? If it's, if it's not anything else, if it's just your manager who has un, unwittingly been canceling a lot of one-on-ones, that'll snap her out of it. And she'll, she'll be much more, um, uh, she'll be attending those one-on-ones with much more rigor after you have a really genuine conversation with her like that. Now, 
The unfortunate other side of what could be happening is there's, there's something else called managing out, right? Where if you have a whole team of people and you've got lots of direct reports and some are rock stars and others are, are not performing as well, you know, you could be in a situation where you have to make choices about where you spend your time. And you might say, I'm going to keep all these meetings that I have with my rock stars. I'm going to try to have some of the meetings with the people in the middle and the people that are bringing up the caboose, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give them as much attention. I just don't have the bandwidth right now. And is that the right move for a manager to make? Probably not. Uh, but it is one that it's a decision that gets made. Uh, and so you need to know if you're, if you're missing targets, right? If you're missing annual objectives, smart goals, anything like that, you, you need to be self-aware, right? If, if that's something that you know you need to address, that could be what's going on. And you need to look inside and say, hey, I'm either going to make a concerted effort going forward over the next three to six months to turn this around give myself a performance plan, or, you know, I, I might need to start looking around and I might need a fresh start. That's, that's if we think that's what's happening. Um, you know, th there are, like I said, a host of reasons why a manager could be canceling one-on-ones. Those one-on-ones are really important connective tissue for you in your career. So it's important that you take a step back, try to understand why they're happening, and then put some steps in place that's going to help you get that relationship back on track. Yeah, I agree 100% when it comes to these, and I've had them personally several times where, you know, if I could go back and do them all over again, the first step would be to seek to understand, because we don't know what's going on in your manager's life that may be impacting her ability to schedule. Secondly, if, if you've made attempts and haven't heard back, um, in this day and age, if you're still working remote, here's a way to cut through the clutter, is you record a video message asking the question, hey, whenever when you're canceling my one-on-ones, I feel like I'm missing an opportunity. Can you please shed some light on the situation? If that's coming through a video message, that may hit harder and that may snap your manager out of whatever funk they're in or whatever is distracting them, you know, um, to be honest with you and be transparent. Now, if you make these attempts to seek to understand and it's documented and you're getting nothing and getting nowhere, that's where you want to seek counsel with your HR team um, those that can, you know, can, can be a, a sounding board for you internally in the company to see if there, there isn't something they can do to help. But again, you're right. Like Jed said, there's a great question to be asking for all the Stephanie's out there that feel like they're stuck with a manager. That's not giving them the time of day, understand, you know, seek to understand what's going on in their lives. Um, make efforts to be transparent about telling them how you feel by them taking or not taking action. And if going nowhere, seek counseling. But the Jed's point, also look internally. You know, ha have you been meeting your goals? Yes or no? Good stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I mentioned uh, starting to look around, right, as, as a potential outcome, starting to look at other, other employers as a result of this. And that might have sounded extreme if, you know, it's, it's not just the, if, you, if your performance is lacking, then you could be getting managed out. Yes, that then the onus is on you to try to fix that first um, would, would be ideal. It's also possible that you're hitting all of your objectives and your manager is just a hands-off manager who doesn't really have a, a, an affinity for one-on-ones and doesn't see them as a priority, right? That's a scenario that's not, that's not great. 
And that's another reason to update the resume, get on TMH Job Connect, see what positions are, are opening up at other organizations that are like yours. Uh, and you know, you, you don't want to be in a situation where your manager is unplugged from you for no reason other than they're not big on, on relationships or, or those one-on-ones, that connective tissue, because that really is the most important indicator of your career progression, your career success is that relationship with your manager. So if they're not, if you don't gel, if you're, if they're, they're not that kind of manager, that's another reason to look around and it has nothing to do with your performance. All right. Good stuff. So let's move on. Next one. Uh, this one comes from Bruce. Bruce works for a PR agency. Bruce says, this is an email from Bruce. Bruce, I'm an account manager at a medium sized PR agency. And I've struggled in terms of relationship building with my clients during the past year with everyone being remote. Now I'm worried this is going to result in lost business. And my account director has already started communicating how tight things will be in 2022. What should I do? So Bruce seems to be struggling with holding up his end of the account manager role, feeling disconnected from his clients. This is a remote marketer situation. How can Bruce fix this? Not fix. Well, if you can't fix the situation, what should Bruce do? Yeah, th- Eric, this is a, this is a more of an urgent one. Um, hmm. <laughs> and we, we should email Bruce back and set up a mentorship session because this, this one needs to adjust, get addressed kind of quickly. Um, totally reasonable concern, right? If you were an account person with uh, a book of accounts or even just one account, one key account, uh, you are me- measured on your agency's ability to expand with that account or maintain the business, right? Um, and Eric, again, you've got more agency experience than I do by, by a long shot. So, so jump in, chime in on this one. Um, but I think Bruce is right in a lot of people probably over the last year, as we've been transitioning totally into remote and how we'll be transitioning more back into a hybrid environment than everybody going back into the office. Um, you know, there's going to be this new way of working that's not necessarily everybody in the office able to come over and bring you a coffee. You know, um, we've had other other podcasts with account managers who have come on and said how well they're able to communicate and build relationships with their clients uh, in, in real life and that it's a struggle remote. Um, but there are creative ways to get around that. Now, Bruce, are you going to be able to, through some creative tactics of relationship building through remote, you know, sending them a coffee through um, uh, Grubhub or, or Uber Eats or something like that, uh, is that going to turn around your account relationship? Probably not, but those are small tactics that can translate into a hybrid or remote work world. Um, really, you, you should be, if you don't already have a, a client relationship scorecard in place, that's a next step for you. Um, check out, we have tons of agency management and client management resources in the TMH plus library. Check those out. Um, the, the scorecard is a way for the account team and the client to get a better, more transparent understanding of the relationship, where the relationship is and what might be lacking. It might have nothing to do with Bruce, your ability to manage the client. It might have something to do with the deliverables. It might have something to do with the client team changing around, 
right? And seats changing over there, and they're just less communicative over the last quarter because there's been turnover or churn or reorgs or something like that. But you'll never know unless you start having those open dialogues and the uh, relationship scorecard is a wonderful tool to get those dialogues going. But we've seen it a million times. Um, people let this go. Account managers will let this go. And then all of a sudden, uh, the account is suffering the uh, dollars, you know, you're, you're no longer expanding, you're contracting with an account, and then you get taken off the account. And if you're at a more stable agency, and you're a great player, you get moved to another account. But if you're at a smaller agency, uh, you, that's it. Now, now you're looking for another role. Um, so it is it is urgent, you need to address it. And I would say the relationship scorecard is your your number one tool to check out. Uh, because that'll help you get the conversation going and understand why the relationship might be uh, not in a great place. Yeah, I agree. I mean, to your point, uh, I can remember multiple agencies having the scorecard in place to help identify weaknesses, trends, negative trends, positive trends, whatever it is, but uh, all, all meant to help influence our learning on how to best connect with those those clients. Now, never in a pandemic, however, you really can't, build an effective relationship until you know exactly more about your client, uh, not just them personally, Bruce, cause I'm sure you're uh, working on that personal uh, relationship building, but as a service provider. So, you know, like, like Jed saying, it, what aspect of your service is not connecting with them? Is it you personally? Is it deliverable? Is it the agency itself? Uh, so asking questions. So step one, you know, the scorecard, if it's not in place, introduce it by starting with a survey with your client on what they like, what they dislike, what they wish they had, what, what they wish they could fix, you know, things like that. Um, secondly, I'd say look around your agency to other account teams, account managers, who does have a great relationship with their client. Ask that person, hey, what do you do? And they may give you some ideas and some some great relationship building tactics, like Jeb was suggesting, but again, the answer could be right underneath, you know, your agency's team. Uh, just seek to, you know, to understand more from the client, but also seek to see what's working with other account teams. All right, good stuff, Bruce. All right, last question. Last question. One more. We got Laura, who works at a startup. Now, it looks like this startup is um, this is an A round startup. She's been there for almost two years. And she's being asked to do everything under the sun while we try to get market fit. I love my team, but I'm asked, I'm being asked to work on projects that I really don't care about in areas of marketing that I don't see myself being in over the long run. Should I stick it out? Should I look for a new role that's more clearly defined? So it sounds like Laura's operating in some ambiguity, but hey, working for a startup, we know the drill. Uh, everyone does everything. So this could be par for the course in terms of her role. This could just be something where maybe it's a case where Laura uh, maybe needs to re revisit her factors. What do you think? Agree. Um, great question from Laura and one that we've heard a number of times. I wouldn't be surprised um, if this is Laura's first startup with love um, because at a startup, particularly such an early stage one like a round you are really being asked to do a lot um, and not just a lot being outside your comfort zone, being asked to do a lot, a lot horizontally, right? Things that are not, would not normally be in your remit uh, if you were at another type of company. So she doesn't really specify uh, about what that 
specifically is, but you know, you can kind of read into that if she wants to be more in a market research role and she's being asked to figure out SEO and paid search, that that could cause frustration. Uh, vice versa, if she's being asked to uh, put together brand strategy or something like that, or, or hey, customer service, work on customer success initiatives, and she's really more of a performance marketer, that could also be causing frustration. So totally understand where, where Laura's coming from. I've been in myself roles like this before where you're not really sure, right? You're dealing in this sort of gray area where you're trying to feel out in front of you and not able to see the full picture yet because it's such an early stage company, still trying to find market fit. Um, meaning you're even doing stuff that in six months or, or even less, you've jettisoned right? Because it didn't work and you've moved on to the next thing. And that can have its own sort of psychological effect on a marketer who's seen a campaign or a project or an initiative that they work really hard on uh, get, get removed, get nixed because they've moved on to the next, uh, you know, product market fit initiative, right? They've pivoted a little bit and, you know, the, the thing that they worked on just doesn't exist even anymore. So that can be, all of that can, can be a struggle. Now, I would, I would recommend to Laura first, we already mentioned the marketypes, go check out the marketypes guide and try to get a feeling of what, what your preferred working style is, what your natural marketing working style is. Are you more of a gunslinger? Are you more of an Olympian? Are you more of a Swiss army knife? Are you more of a big picture planner? Understand the strengths and weaknesses that go along or blind spots that go along with that marketype. And you might discover that hey, I'm, I'm being asked to do all these things and I really prefer to specialize, for example. And so you're just not, your, your preferred working style is not aligned to your role right now. And that's an okay conversation to bring to your manager and say, hey, I'm working on these customer success initiatives. I don't really see myself in customer success, you know, later in my career. Um, I just wanted to communicate that. What are you seeing open it up to a discussion with your, with your manager. Um, it, are you seeing customer success being something that I'm going to be responsible for, for the next, you know, X number of years as we grow, or is this a temporary state of affairs where, you know, I'm, I'm flexing up over to the customer success part, but I can get back to the stuff that, you know, I'm really passionate about and I want to specialize in, uh, you know, next year, as, as we grow, as we add headcount, maybe your manager has plans to add a customer success person in six months. Um, and, and thus your problem is solved. And you get to keep all of your RSUs for this really exciting early stage startup. So I would say market types, check out that guide, go, go through those questions, try to place yourself on the continuum of what type of marketer you are, what your natural working style is. Um, and once you discover that, a, a really open, honest conversation with your manager about what you're enjoying and maybe what you're not enjoying about your day-to-day. -day. And you might be surprised. They might say, hey, those things aren't really long-term. We're, we're going to be adding people over here. Or they might be really surprised. Hey, I, I, I thought you really enjoyed that part. I gave you that project because I thought you wanted it. Uh, and let's fix it, right? Um, so, I mean, Eric, you, you've been in startups before as well. You, you, know, you know how this goes, right, with being asked all hands on deck. Sure. And it, it, the main question is, is it temporary or is it long-term? And Laura might just be experiencing, you know, kind of the initial, uh, not realizing that it, it's a temporary thing. 
but again, this all comes back to having the discussion, opening up, asking questions, being transparent, asking people, managers, whoever. And listen, if somebody says, we don't know, we're a startup, this could last for six months. It comes down to making you know, decisions. In Laura's case, sounds like she's an Olympian. If I had to guess, is like probably specializing in a channel or two and likes that. Here's the good news for Laura and Laura's out there. Uh, there's so many marketing jobs available that it's why it's important to understand your working style to thus, or I should say, therefore find the right company that has and would accept you. Because Laura, there's probably another startup out there that would love your startup experience and they want an Olympian to come in and focus on that thing that you're great at. So to answer your question, you know, should you stick it out or should you look for a new role? Well, understand how long this will, will be taking, enjoy the opportunity to learn other things and then see where, if there's another startup that would appreciate an Olympian. That's great advice. Cool. All right. So, so that's it for, that's what we have here for this marketing career FAQ mailbag, so to speak. We're going to have another one in the future as more questions come in. But like we said, uh, reach out to us in direct message in Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Reddit, you know, wherever you see Jed, myself, or the marketing help handle. Uh, also, easy enough, send us an email, connect at themarketinghelp.co and let us help you immediately and let us help others by sharing your questions and your challenges in advancing your marketing career. So Jed, any last final thoughts? This was awesome. I can't wait to do it again. I know. Yeah. So keep the questions coming um, and check out the show notes for some of those resources that we mentioned earlier uh, for your convenience. And uh, we'll catch you in the next episode.